off the ball. You two lads are from Leinster, so it's no wonder you're giving out with the provincial championship. I don't want to take away the provinces. Who drew the geographical lines back in the day? It's because of the way that the provinces are broken up. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTBGAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 26 of the Football Pod with James O'Donoghue and James Richardson over in Rome. (laughs) Come on in, Paddy Andrews. Buongiorno. (laughs) Lads. It's 33 degrees here. I'm sitting on a side street in Rome. Things I do for this pod. Jesus Christ. Pod is I life. Not pod is life. After that weekend, pod is the football pod is <laughs> Paddy, we're going to come back to Rome in a second. You're going to give us a little tour of the side street that you're on there. Oh, is that a Peroni? There you go. <laughs> a red label. A little Peroni. You have to stay, you have to stay hydrated, lads. There's no messing up. It's about 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm having a, I'm having a good old week's holidays. I'm here for a couple of hours, and I'm going off. One of my good mates is getting married tomorrow in Rome, so class. Said it's squeeze, squeeze in the pod here uh, at lunchtime. It's lunchtime, Jim. You're allowed to have a beer. You are 100. percent What's yeah. What's the story with fixing weddings at the height of the championship? I'm off to one next week as well. Oh, disaster! Example, Lads, what a weekend. Where do we start? Do we let's Let's start with the draw. The draw. Right. Sorry. We have yeah. the draw. Best Let's just start with the draw. draw. Let's just get into Best it. possible draw by my Was that, lads, was that draw rigged? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> You've been involved in the rigging of draws already this year. They washed their hands of me after <laughs> the group stages. I pulled the group stages. It was a disaster. I was on the train coming down from Milan this morning and I was refreshing Twitter because a lot of people were. Ca- you called the exact draw, T, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah a few, I think Paul Flynn put it up last night as well. But wouldn't it be great if it was Kerry, Tyrone, and Dublin Mayo? Everyone was mm. thinking it. And I refreshed Twitter and it came through. Lads, I have to buy humble pie here today. This could be one of the greatest championships of all time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but Kerry, Kerry so were only water, down to water. two teams. Kerry could only draw Manning or Tyrone by the end. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, okay. So. Not ideal. They were guaranteed a and tough like one, bad, out, but they got it. As the bad as draw. as bad as your record is against Tyrone, James, your record against Monaghan isn't isn't great either. But we won't come back to that. Record against Monaghan in championship though is ah, you've got you've got by them, but you've always struggled. One you've always draw struggled. and every other one was a win. No, you, you drew in the nineteen eighty five All Ireland semi final as well, and then that went to I won the replay. I won the replay. You're clutching a trail. Okay, let's let's get in. Let's get into it because. The way that the draw worked this morning, uh, Tyrone and Monaghan were put into a separate hat because they were the only teams that Kerry could play. So that was done separately. Kerry-Tyrone came out first. That's been fixed for Saturday and it's the first game on Saturday. Um, and it's going to be live on GA Go. So anyone, Great platform. Yeah, you're, you're going to enjoy that. Now there are, James, we might come back to that in a minute. There's a lot of grumblings coming out of Kerry that Kerry are on GA Go once again this year. So. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's the problem with GA Go? I think a lot of people are maybe struggling in Kerry to get the paywall, get get in behind well, the paywall. Well, I tell you what, too, I've been travelling around Italy and GA Go has never performed as well. I watched every minute of every game. I don't want to hear Jimmy. You go down and sort those lads out. And no, I must say, I, I'm I'm pulling for GA Go now. I think it's brilliant way. Sure, there's so many games, and it's the only way to watch all the games. Um, but look, people didn't get in behind it at the start, which is probably all custom. I, I think. You know what, lads? With, with, with Mayo's draw and having played yesterday, then Mayo kind of have to have seven days. So Mayo yeah. Dublin was always going to be Sunday, and, and there's no point. 
You couldn't put Dublin. Dublin Mayo is probably going to be the biggest crowd. You couldn't put that with Kerry Theron as well. And you see Dublin you don't come into the, the into the stadium until ten minutes into the Dublin game. Never mind the first game. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if the weather's good, Jimmy. They're in for the second half. Yeah. So look, that's Tyrone Kerry. Brendan Cawley is the referee that's been fixed for that game. That's at three forty-five p.m. The M1 and the Apple Green just outside Lusk is going to be busy on Saturday because Armand Monaghan is fixed for 6pm that game is also live in GA Go Connor Lane is fixed as the referee on Sunday then 1.45pm Derry have been drawn against Cork that's going to be on RT2 Joe McQuillan is the referee and a 4 James o'clock James is going to lose Cork James is going to lose Cork yeah. and a 4 o'clock Sunday Dublin Mayo RT2 David Goff is the referee oh. great ref great ref <laughs> don't mind buttering him Messing up a bit. great ref Best in the business. Dublin's, Dublin's odds have just shortened there again now. <laughs> Jimmy, would you? Is it fair to say? Would you rather Cork win the All Ireland this year over Kerry? Now You're, you, you are like the mascot of the Cork team. To be fair, Cork have gone probably as far as they're going to go now. But what a ride they've given me! Uh, the yeah. ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, <laughs> <laughs> the punditry, the abuse, Twitter. Oh, it's been an electric year. But in fairness, they have had a great season. After after a dodgy start, to be in a quarter-final now, after beating yeah. two Division One teams, is serious going. And they will have a crack off there. They will have a crack off them, but I, I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna rattle them enough to beat them in Crop Park. We had a bit of a laugh, obviously, at the start of the season with their lose to, to me, the bad loss in the first game league, but then losing to Clare as well in the Munster Challenge. Yeah. It is some turnaround. Like and like it was very tight against the Rossies at the weekend and they get on to the Rossies as well like, but if they get to this stage now and they fancy it against Derry as well like, like Derry well, can say will. that's not a bad that's not a bad draw for them but Cork would fancy that as well like, talk about momentum yeah. Jesus what a, what a win for them on Saturday Jesus yeah Cork the Rossies, the Rossies, the Rossies just got too carried away they got they just said <laughs> they had everything going for them in terms of getting to quarterfinal, semi-final. They nearly had themselves in the final by the interviews and everything that were going on. And when you get any bit of distraction like that, you're going to be caught. Lads, I, I come on, it's such a fine line. I'm not sure yeah, they got that I, carried away. It's such a fine line, like like Connor Daly. Connor Daly got stoned for dropping the ball, a hot ball. Like, no, it, it was a free. It was, it was a free. It, it, because it's so awkward and as well when you're but when you're carrying when you're hand passing the ball around like that the referee is only waiting to catch you yeah it's like it's like when you take a short kick out and the forward has license to almost go through the back of the defender because it's a short kick out so you get away with a little bit more the ref wants to give that free against them for holding the ball yeah and and in fairness I will add Stephen Sherlock had a scandalous point waved wide by the umpires in Portland it was scandalous it was like five yards and that's that's very surprising that the umpires got a call wrong (laughs) (laughs) not don't get him started don't get him started do you know what I'd say? I, I have to agree with you, Tommy, right? What I've noticed, like, from, from this weekend's games as well, and even coming into this weekend, we're getting a lot of stick as our predictions, yet again, have been absolutely shambolic. But um, <laughs> they get, it, it's such an attritional championship, isn't it? Like, like yeah. it, teams, and we were, we were kind of waiting, nearly looking at the old style, like, where's the statement performance coming from teams? The teams are kind of just going through the motions. It's just about winning the games. Like, Mayo win yesterday, it wasn't a classic by any means. It was intense. Monaghan scraped through in the last second against Kildare as well. Again, not a classic. And and Cork with the Rossies by a point as well. The margins are so fine. And Davey Burke will probably get a bit of stick. Jimmy's obviously sticking the needle in there. I've been a harsh critic of Ross Common. But 
like they have that last play, they kick that. They say a normal play happens, they end up winning the game and doing to an all earn a quarter. But the margins are so good. The same with Kildare on, on Saturday night afterwards. Left Carlo Connell's ball to win that breaking ball at the end. And Conor McCarthy, there's another play, the mark. He's <laughs> standing away for the mark. Is that overcarrying or not? I think he overcarried that. I think he did. But, but, but you know what? Uh, but the point I'm trying to make is the games are so tight. I try to call winners this weekend. I'm nervous for Dublin against Mayo because talk about tests they've had. This is without a doubt their biggest test, and you just don't know what you're going to get. And maybe there won't be a standout performance. Maybe teams will just dog it out and by hook or by crook win a game by a point, and that could win the all yeah. Like two weeks ago, we're talking about Galway as one of the favourites, yeah. and Galway didn't do a whole pile wrong. But we said it. Their team fell apart, though. Their Walsh, team fell apart. If, 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 if Walsh doesn't play, Comer goes off, Sean Kelly still puts in a massive performance, despite the fact he's on one leg. He's dragging, on a, one crutch leg. Around, yeah. he's dragging a crutch around the pitch. It's, it's so, so tight. And for the Rossies and Kildare, you know, Kildare were a minute away from getting into a corner. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the margins are and so Kildare tight. lost McCormick. Like, if Ross McCormick stays in the field, I think Kildare win that. They just didn't have the same trip. Ben McCormick. Ben McCormick. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Who's Ross McCormick? Sorry, 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 McCormick. <laughs> Who is Ross McCormick? Celtic. Does he play with Celtic? He does, yeah. actually, yeah. <laughs> little Scottish, little Scottish, and Aston Villa. He's good. If they had him, if they had him, they'd have won it. Can we hang on James O'Donoghue's cork for a second? Because uh, I got a couple of texts. I got a couple of texts during the game saying, "Are you watching this? This is so hard to watch." And I was. I, I was watching yeah. on GA Go. I was in a car park in Limerick trying to pick up a, a suit for a wedding to wear next week abroad, and I was sitting there watching it. But I stuck with it, and um, I, I got in big trouble with Chief for it. I let out two guttural screams as I'm walking around with my phone in the shopping centre oh my god and then a couple of people around me jumped so the excitement really built in that second half but the reason that the excitement built was just before half time Cork started the, the press right they, they applied the pressure a couple yeah. of great kicks I haven't seen a press as good as that now I might be wrong there might have been moments in Kerry Dublin in 2019 but I think since Mayo in 2017 I haven't seen a press as chaotic and effective as Cork's in the second half against Roscommon I'm going to jump in and eat a massive bit of humble pie. The second bit of humble pie today after completely knocking the championship on its head for the last three or four weeks. I remember Cork played Dublin in the all quarter quarterfinal last year and yeah. I annihilated their kick-out press. Now, John Cleary had only just come in and I remember there was a clip, I think it was against Kerry, Jimmy, was it, where he's, the camera cuts to him on the sideline and he actually throws his hands in the air in frustration. He's trying to implement his own press and he just didn't have time to implement it and Cork were a bit of a shambles. And if you look at the turnaround for them, what, nine months later, you're right, Tommy. That was the winning of the game. Those three points they get before half time. And we were singing Connor Carroll's praises. That he was he's, he is an excellent goalkeeper. This is the point they're making it. Ross Cameron had a bad team overnight. But they were excellent on their kickouts all season. And Cork's press gets them back into the game, gets those scores before half time, and it gets Corbett's goal as well. It's a massive steal and it's well worth and that is the winning of the game for them. It is there's loads of different small things that happen. But if you're looking going, what did John Cleary get out of Cork that really turned the screw on Roscommon and it was that kick-out press. It, it, it's a brilliant credit to the players, but to John Cleary as well. Like, I'm banging on about kick-outs the whole time because it's such a massive thing for our Dublin team. But if you nail that, that is the winning and losing of these games. And um, that, that was the case in Cork. And it takes... It takes and that's got Cork to a quarter It takes point. so much work. Like It takes so much time on the training yeah. ground. It takes so much organisation, so much concentration from the players and time put in by the management. To get it right on the big day is some boost for everyone. Everyone at the training field must be going, 
what we actually practiced came off and worked. But I always say the opposition kickout is probably the best attacking position you can be in. Because if you win it, you're already only 40, maybe 50 yards from the goals. It could be six on six if you're lucky, but realistically, you're, you're at least one for one in terms of bodies and you're riding on the goal. So sometimes I think when teams kind of forfeit the kick out or give it up, that it's complete attacking chance just wasted. I don't know why teams do it. You have to press like that. Brian's goal yesterday. Gleason skews a kick out inside to Paddy Durkin. And that's where the goal comes from. And, and I'm telling you, from our, our team back in the day, if we stole a kick out, we were going for goal. I, it's, yeah. exactly, it's exactly that. Teams are not set defensively. They haven't got their structure. And you're, you're, get, it's, you're guaranteed you're getting one-on-ones. And McBride's goal yesterday, we're moving on to, we said Galway's kick out might cost them. And look, it's not the Connor Hastings, it just skews the kick out. But Mayo sense there's a goal chance. And McBride, it's a brilliant goal. But it, it just shows the value of it. So much, so much of that game actually hinged on Galway's inability to make the most of what they did to Colin Reap's kick out. Because Colin Reap was under savage pressure with the wind. Mm-hmm. And also, like the first time I've seen Reap struggle against a press like that, I think he's been so impressive for Mayo this year. But Galway didn't capitalise on the balls that they turned over and won. Like, let's just move to Galway Mayo because it was such a mad, frantic game. I was sitting there beside James Horan watching the game. Like, that was... that Was, was he exp- asking for me? <laughs> he was. First thing he said to me. First thing James Horan says to any of us ever. For the next 20 years, have you sorted Andrews out for me yet? So uh, I, need a, I need a more sleep. I need a more sleep, James. What about, I just say, Salt Hill and the wind, lads? You know? How was it that windy? It, it was absolutely had... beautiful it's, down it's here. It's a wind oh, tunnel. No what. It's a wind tunnel. That's why. It's yeah. built in a wind tunnel. The Atlantic is behind the goal. It's, yeah. It had such a bearing on it, didn't it? It did, but like, Galway it's... did not defend properly against when Mayo were playing with the wind. If you look at it, Mayo defended so well when Galway were with the wind. Like, they kept it down to... To eight points, but they they kept the space that was, way that down. Was goal, I know it was, but it was James, wide was open goal. for Mayo. They're, they're it wide. was wide open. Their wides were they were, but their Mayo had some sad so wides sloppy. as well. Like the quality in front of goal was very poor. Like McLaughlin, Owen McLaughlin as well. Uh, then they, they kicked the ball up in the air and ran after it. It was like Gary Owens. But I thought that yeah. Mayo left were clever in the second half. They left loads of space for themselves to counter attack, and Galway didn't fill those spaces. But what was probably a major factor was that Sean Kelly had to sweep he couldn't do his marking job and they had to get daily marking that switch there completely changed Galway's whole defensive system they had to swap daily and Kelly because Kelly couldn't mark with his ankle I think that had a big bearing I agree but also Jimmy did Galway kind of play into Mayo's hands in the second half that Mayo turned them over like Tommy Conroy gets a fist to point Durkin obviously That's one thing Paddy Durkin loves is space he's running into space and you're, if you're Galway you're thinking no, forget about the win what is the thing Mayo don't like to play against it's that kind of set bodies back. Yeah. And Galway just played into Mayo's hands. Anytime Mayo turned them over, it was they space. They were too open, Paddy yeah. Durkin running the game. The goal comes from that kick out. It's just... I was so surprised uh, it, like that Galway uh, didn't just set yeah. up like Loudon Cork did at the start of that yeah. second half. But the, the one thing that James Horan said, and, and Joyce and McStay kind of alluded to it afterwards as well, is that wind actually gives yes. you so much range. So you can actually shoot from behind the 45 in Salt Hill. Like you actually have way more range because well, the wind... But that's no benefit to Mayo. Yeah. Mayo don't like that. They didn't want to do that. And going. they didn't. They, the, the shots that Mayo got off in the second half... The shots that Mayo... Maybe won, but the shots they got off in the second half were all in range. Like they were they were well worked and they were in the right zone. 
So they didn't even resort to kicking long range points. One one big thing that this game hinged on as well, like regardless of all the injuries, regardless of the selection calls that McStay made before the game, is David McBride's finish and three minutes later, Sean Kelly makes his game winning play to slip Matthew Tierney mm. through and Tierney just lacks the composure. That a full He's got to go around them, yeah, doesn't he? Doesn't he have to go, to go around them? He does. Has to go around them. Joyce said it after the game as well. Plant on the left. Did he go around them. Joyce, Joyce said he should have gone around them, and he knows he should have gone around them. Do you know? Hardik Joyce knows that he did one himself. Obviously, very famous. One, but he but did the second best I thing. Just, just he, he kept it low. But it was it was yeah. a great save. Like if you're the goalie there, you're delighted. Like Reap, great save yeah. to to get down that low like, and make sure that it didn't go in under him. Brilliant. If, Tier- if Tierney scores that goal and he celebrates in front of the home crowd in Salt Hill, they're after punching Mayo's momentum. Galway, hang on. They hang on. With Galway win it, but that's, yeah. that's the main thing, Jimmy, or uh, Tommy. It's, the games are so tight. The yeah. games are literally, it's one play is swinging it. You know, Killian McDade has the effort at the end where Conor Reap kind of the rush of blood to the head and Owen McLaughlin clears it off the line. Like, one play is winning and losing these games. And just for, I said it to the Texas earlier on, if you're waking up and you're in that Galway camp, you have massive regrets. Oh, Not just about huge. yesterday. Like this, this was an all Ireland. We said it from day one. There's no standout team. Yes, okay, but Dublin and Kerry are probably looking a little bit stronger than they were a couple of weeks ago. But the players Galway had, the, the kind of cycle they were in, there was an all Ireland there for that team, and they just did not perform. Yeah. That is, and, and they're out of the championship. They've lost at home to Mayo. They lose at home to our man. They can have or, neutral to our management. They can have no complaints around it. But, but we we were bigging them up and bigging them up and bigging them up but Shane Walsh didn't deliver Comer goes off injured and Sean Kelly is on one leg still trying to perform but that was the caveat with Galway it was if these guys could reach the levels we know they can they were front runners for the All-Ireland all, all and they, they can't blame anyone else around no. they had it in their hands and they, and they can't have any complaints either. I don't think they that, will blame I don't think they will blame anyone else no, like, like it no, like my worry is as well, like if Galway had got through that game, Sean Kelly had obviously, okay, I'm going to say obviously, I don't actually know obviously. I presume Sean Kelly had to take some sort of injection to play the game this week. He was operating at about 30%, you'd imagine, of his capacity, 30, 40% maybe. Um, Sean Kelly getting through a quarterfinal, an All-Ireland quarterfinal next week if Galway win in Crow Park? I really don't think so. And like, Shane Walsh is a fellow who looks absolutely mentally exhausted after the, the year that he had last yeah. year and the year that rolled into this year with Chemical Croaks. He hasn't looked right all year. Um, and he's 40% yesterday at home in Salt Hill. 40% conversion rate. Damien Comer has two big plays. He sets he gets He's one-on-one with Jason Doherty twice in the first half. He doesn't make another run after that. He's not fit to move. So um, when you don't have your three main players, Kenny McDade actually was the one player who very nearly dragged them over the line. He had two kind of skewed shots. I thought Paul Connery was going yeah. well. Yeah. But you yeah, know what? Exactly. Looking back, now that they're out of the championship, it would have nearly been the right thing to give Comer seven or eight minutes in the second half. Because in McStay's interview after the game, their whole halftime team talk was based around stopping Comer and yeah. the fact that he didn't even come out was such a boost for Mayo like they must have been going what a weight off the shoulders that is if they just left him in there for five minutes maybe throwing a high ball in don't put anything in front of him it depends couldn't, how couldn't put a high ball just, in with that wind well yeah I suppose, but it just depends how bad the hamstring injury was but even if they gave him five or six minutes just to unsettle Mayo and then take him off but James, look at the look, look at the personality there in Damien Comer. Like, it, like he mustn't have been able to. Yeah, move, I know. Like. I know. It was just so disappointing because they need each other Walsh and Comer. Do you know that either but one on their own no isn't way. enough. They need they need both of them, and when they're both at it, they're so I, dangerous. Speaking the next day after the game, 
you could tell he went hard on David McBride at half time that you need to get closer to Damien Comer. There's no way that David McBride backs himself to make that run if Damien Comer is still on the pitch. Yeah, true. What a finish though. To give the keeper the eyes, open up the body and then tuck it back in the other side for full back. What a, what a play. A full tilt as yeah, well. Jimmy. What a play that was. going 100 miles an hour. Like. What a play that was. I'm a dream man. Thing, I'm sure he learned it from Andy Moran. So I'd say Andy thought of that. Yeah. But, but isn't that the thing, lads, with this championship? It's like, that's what it, it's an attritional championship. It's literally, you've just got to drag yourself over the line. And we, we were all guilty of it. Where's the big, the silky standout performance? Maybe you won't get it. Tyrone, maybe, to be fair, kind of clicked a bit on Saturday night in Bally Buffet. But it's just about winning the games. And this weekend, like, what, what shape are Mayo playing Dublin this weekend? Like? I think they're okay. okay. And that, that's, we, we don't know, no one, but no one knows this. That's, that's why I'm nervous with Dublin. If this was a normal two or three years ago and it's three weeks into the lead-in, like, we probably don't have an accurate lead on Dublin. Tyrone have been totally Jekyll and Hyde. What way do they come to the game against Kerry at the weekend? Oh, you yeah. know, it's just, it's so hard to get a read on this. But what, you're, what you are seeing is that teams are, are losing bodies. There's, the games are so tight it's swinging on referees decisions it's swinging on one good player one bad play some team could just nick an All-Ireland here it, it's, it, and it's exciting because I've never done another prediction again by the way lads. but, <laughs> um, but it, it is unbelievably tense the last 10 minutes of every game yeah. I think that tactically yeah, Dublin are the perfect team to play Mayo because Dublin won't let it get scrappy and lose shape and go all over the place they'll keep it <laughs> We used to try and do that too. We used to try and do that. I think they'll be cuter than what Galway were in the second half. And and I always said that Galway's almost their main attribute was their game management. They were unbelievable at managing games, but I don't think that that, that they did it well enough the last day. And they left Mayo with huge spaces to counterattack and just click off the odd point. Just keep the scoreboard ticking. That's all they needed to do. But Dublin, I don't see Dublin giving them that space. That said... Yeah. I, I, I think the Mayo have a phenomenal chance. I think it's very 50-50. They have a great chance of winning the game. But Dublin tactically will surely be cuter. We used to always try and do that, Jimmy. I mean, we said all these things and then the game happened and we couldn't do it. It was yeah. just mental. You played against Mayo, bring you to that play. And yes, it's different players. It's a different management team. But we've seen again, it's the same approach from yeah. them. You know, it's just one million miles an hour Diving blocks, Thurman O'Connor's turnovers yesterday, and they are a momentum team. They're diabolical for large parts of games, and then they can just turn it on, and they're so hard to wrestle. Like Killian O'Connor comes off the bench, kicks an unbelievable first score. First, first touch. touch, left peg, have some of that. It's it's a brilliant, brilliant game to look forward to this to this weekend. But but if you're wrapping up the weekend just gone, and, and Galway, we, we won't be talking about them again after this. That is sickening. Their biggest players didn't perform, uh, and I agree with you, Jimmy. That we praised them for managing games, controlling games. Picked that Connacht semi final against Ross Common and the Hyde. That was a really, it was a boring performance, but it was so it was a really clinical performance. That just wasn't there yesterday, and that that's it. That's you're out, you're yeah. done. And even you know? the, like the freeze, yeah. the freeze that they missed. I mean, it's so hard to to go away for the whole winter after losing a game like that because some of the freeze they missed. And some of the shots from play, like at home. Fair enough if Mayo missed them, Mayo missed theirs, but Galway are kicking into that goals twice a week. Do you know, it, it was to miss some of those must be so disheartening well, for them. I, I actually felt sorry for them, but you know, fair play go, to Mayo. Galway go, go, go were obviously hamstrung, right, by a couple of injuries coming in. 
the, the changes that Mayo made weren't injury enforced, right? They made five changes before throwing. Porcahora was ill, so they left him away. They didn't want him to, to give a bug to the rest of the team. The rest of the changes were were selection. Ruan was right? just not well, on. Was Ruan he sick was dropped. Enough? No, Ruan was dropped. You, or or dropped, maybe, is a bit hard. But it was dropped. Loftus is dropped. Carr is dropped. All three are... Loftus doesn't come on, but Carr comes on and kicks a point. Ruan comes on later on. Um, Hessian. Hessian comes off the bench. Uh, McHugh comes off the bench and O'Connor comes off the bench kicks a point with his, with his first touch right I'm very surprised with the wind that Rob Finnerty at home in Salt Hill your shooter wasn't yeah. playing do you know it's a tough one Paddy I'll tell you what I'm just going to explain to the listeners what we're doing this week Paddy is in uh, the middle of Rome it's 33 degrees <laughs> we're going to let you go Paddy right and what we're going to do is we're going to record a, a second pod later in the week where we're going to properly preview the rest of the game so let's do that on Thursday we're going to have a bonus football pod this week um, I'll be away but we'll make it work and uh, James James we're, James we're going to stay on here and uh, we're going to get stuck into the games a bit more we're obviously going to do about a half an hour on Mead and Down as well <laughs> you know so uh, looking forward to that catching cup catching cup set That's up awesome, but, yeah. poor old leash lads poor old leash Jeez. Yeah. We, we did uh, for our predictions we did call it down me Talton Cup Finals so at least yeah. we get out with that sort of kind I, I think we'll get a pat on the back for that Paddy enjoy the wedding it's later tonight is it? No, tomorrow, tomorrow. tomorrow but I will chat just later in the week and we'll preview another unbelievable weekend ahead. Hard luck to the Rossies, my boys, the Rossies. God, but there's always next year. Paddy Andrews. See you later, hey, buddy. Paddy. Fair play. Thanks, man. Good luck, lads. Paddy Andrews there in Rome, James. He uh commitment to the pod. He had his Peroni, he had his sunglasses on. There is he, some uh, serious commitment to the pod, in fairness, by all of us. But Paddy, yeah. lovely bottle of beer there, I'd say he had as well. Was that an old Aperol Spritz on the way? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing it here at lunchtime here in work. But, uh, do you know, I was so excited this morning. Like, I, I set the alarm to get up and watch that draw. I wanted to see what happened. There is just such excitement at this stage, isn't there? No, it's really kicked off now. But even from a Kerry point of view, I was thinking, what's the one game that almost you you don't want? And it is. It's Tyrone. Oh, Really? Is that not the game to get you going? It is revenge? 100%. But the way Kerry's kind of climb has been coming, it's a round, it's an early round to be getting Tyrone in. And Tyrone are lifting up front. Like, if you look at the scores they've kicked recently, 118 the weekend, 18 against Westmead, even without McCurry, two, I think they got 214, 215 against Monaghan in the, in the Ulster Championship. Like, they're scoring big scores and Kerry defensively are not probably where they would like to be and I think it's a real, real tester for Kerry. I think Jack O'Connor is going to be very wary of Tyrone's full forward line. It's arguably no the best full forward line as a kind of a partnership to three of them is probably the best in the country at the moment. Wow. That's that's an exciting prospect. Let's let, hold that thought, right? Because we're going to get into that after the break. You are listening to episode 26 of the Football Pod. We have Paddy Andrews there from Rome. James O'Donoghue is still with me. We're going to get stuck into the rest of the games. We are going to bring you a bonus pod as well later this week. So, so stay tuned for that. That'll be coming to you. The pod is brought to you every week with thanks to AIB, proud sponsor of the Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. We're going to be back right after these talking about the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship and the Talchin Cup semi-finals. All right, you're very welcome back to episode 26 of the Football Pod. James Donahue is alongside me. James, I missed my opportunity to ask Paddy for his golazzo of the weekend. There was quite a few good goals this weekend, so have a think there while I'm going through the results and you can let me know what your favourite goal from the Gaelic Football Weekend was. It was a cracking weekend. In the All-Ireland Round Robin series, 
Cork Betris Common 114 to 16 points. We've already gone through how impressive that Cork press was. Open Bally Buffet, Tyrone dispatched the Donegal by eight points, 118 to 13. We're going to come back to that in a moment while we preview Tyrone's quarter final draw against Kerry. In O'Connor Park in Tullamore, Monaghan pulled out another late, late winner. They bet Kildare 111 to 13 points. And yesterday in Pierce Stadium, as we were talking about before the break, and we'll come back to it a little later on, Mayo held on for a one point win against Galway, 110 to 12 points. We're going to mention the Talchin Cup a little later and talk a bit about it. Mead got lucky. I would say they held on just about to beat Antrim 216 to 214. Some really good stuff, some sloppy stuff in that game. Um, and they'll be entering into the Talchin Cup final as the plucky underdogs, I would say, up against the might of Down, who managed to put 816 <laughs> by Leash and 816 to 214. Eight goals is absolutely ruthless. Ruthless stuff, James. And it's been coming, looking at Down over the last while. They've had chances, hat, bucket. Bucket loads of, of chances for goals in, in previous games. Liam Kerr scored a hat-trick. The speed of this fella is frightening. Um, so they've been threatening to do that for a long time. Two other results that I were mentioning. Yesterday, Derry became the second team into the All-Ireland minor final. They bet Dublin by 3-11 to 1-8. Um, held on after having a man sent off. But on Saturday, Kerry would be very disappointed having lost their final to Monaghan. It was 11 points to 111 in Tullamore. Monaghan obviously had an unbelievable crowd there that day with the double header. Monaghan reached their first All-Ireland final in 84 years. Dermot Malone coaching them. Uh, an unbelievable win against Wayne Culligan's side. Um, look, there'll still be a lot of high hopes for those those Kerry Miners, some of them. Oh, yeah. Like Paddy Lane has been one of the stars and has impressed us so much. Um, he has. He's been tipping around for a while. He's, he's going to be a super player. But it, yeah. I, always say, I always say with minors. You've never been afraid of that. I always yeah. say with minors, lose the semi, do you know, or lose the final. It's not the end of the world at all. If anything, in the long run, it's better for you. Just to be clear, you're not saying the troll. No, of course. But I'm saying, like, you go away, you're disappointed for, for a couple of months. But then, you know, that, that's what fuels you. That's what fuels you to actually go on and, and be successful. Because when you're walking around town as, as a 17-year-old and everyone's patting you on the back, it's not that good for your development. You know, nobody needs to hear how good they are at 17, 18. If anything, the opposite. Be criticised, learn how to deal with that, learn about disappointments, learn about maybe not playing well in the big day and how you, what you should have done. Because if it comes too easy to you, you're not going to, you're not going to improve from it, you're not going to learn from it, you're just going to, as a, as a youngster, you're going to take it and, and you're kind of going to soften a bit. So, I think those carry lads, there's a couple of them who are going to be brilliant players just learn from that disappointment and off you go on to the 20s. Yeah, wise words. And I think that Derry Monaghan All-Ireland Minor Final is going to be a, a great occasion as well. So um, we'll be keeping a close eye on that. Mead and Down will meet in the Talchin Cup Final. That's going to be on Saturday the 15th, the same day as the All-Ireland Semi-Finals. Right, we mentioned we're going to have a bonus pod later in the week with Paddy. When we get him back on, we're going to... Unfortunately, we're going to be giving our predictions once more. It's going to be so hard to call. <laughs> and I think, you know, we're getting a bit of stick for some of our predictions. Um, but James, you're, you've been proclaimed as the pundit of the year for some of your calls. Self-proclaimed <laughs> and proclaimed across Twitter. In fairness, I think that the laugh that we had, James, was the fact that you lost the money to me on day one of the league. Yeah. We had a little wager on the side between Meat and Cork. You know, I think that's that's kind of where... Well, the, I did. The, the I said... Came from it. That under no circumstances would Cork lose to me. I think that was probably my my error at the time. But looking back, again, where they've come from, from that yeah. almost humiliation after a big build-up in the McGrath Cup, and I've heard of them doing well in friendly matches, to then go out and have such a bad start in the National League, which ended up costing them, you know, because it, it ruled them out of promotion contention pretty early on, because they were always going to lose to Dublin and to Derry, probably. 
um, where they've come to. You were, you were very important with your Cork boys after that game, or very disappointed with your Cork boys after that day. But they've turned it around for you, and like, let's just single out a few of the players. Matty Taylor was man of the match of the weekend. He's been exceptional. He has. Sean Powder set up Conor Corbin for the goal. He's so important. Ian Maguire, we know how important he is. But the fullback, Rory Maguire, like a couple of games in a row now, he's kicked a pair of points. Yeah. He has been driving them forward too. He's an awesome. He seems to be the real deal. And I can't wait to see them again because a lot of their games weren't shown and you don't really know what's coming with Cork. But the like the teams they've they've produced at minor and twenties, like there are players there. It's just a matter of of bringing them onto the senior panel and making them want to play for Cork and putting that desire into them. I think Cleary has done a brilliant job. Even in Absolutely. fairness to the, the kick-out situation to improve that, to be holding Sherlock for some of the games and bring him on to change the matches. Then obviously they had to start him the weekend. But like everything they've done has just been spot on and they've got that bit of luck. But now they're in bonus territory because Derry are different level. I know they were in Division 2 with them so it'll kind of give them a bit of confidence that they're at the same level. But realistically, Derry are... They're a step ahead of a lot of teams and I think that the Cork are going to have to be at their very, very best to stay with them and they're going to need that bit of luck as well. Well, we saw, we saw what Derry did to Clare in last year's All-Ireland quarter-final and what subsequently happened in the All-Ireland semi-final. I think Cork are a very different Cork team. They're a different animal than the Cork side that went in against Dublin last year. They were they did all right against Dublin last year, but they were they felt meek. They didn't feel sure of mm-hmm. themselves. They're going to be bouncing into this game with momentum. Speaking of momentum, any of the winners this weekend are going to have it. And they do. It is a dangerous, dangerous game for Kerry. It is. Kerry Tyrone. It is, it's going to be such a dangerous game for Kerry. It's going to be, it's going to be butterflies and stomach. Favorites. I know it's it's very short, but the handicap is only two. But it, Tyrone are 12 to 1 for the All-Ireland I know, I know. It's mad. The only thing is with Tyrone, they've, they only have a couple of days to prepare for Kerry. Now, everyone knows about Kerry. We know that. Like You know Clifford's a danger. Maybe Pawdy's a danger outside. And you know the way they dropped Morley, but still, the last time Tyrone beat Kerry, it was there was a couple of weeks they had to prepare. Then there was the COVID break; they got another two weeks out of it, so they really had time to hone in on them. This time, it's going to be a bit more up in the air. There's not going to be as much tactical kind of decisions to be made before the game. It's just going to be stop Clifford and let's go at it. And I think that's why their full forward line is going to be so important. And they've landed on something with them. Their full forward line is Go just on. elaborate. They're three similar men in stat in stature and in physique. You've got McCurry and you've got Rory Canavan played inside the last day together with Dara just top of the D. A top of the D is a strange position to play because it's it's not really a position; it's a half position. You're kind of in you're kind of in and out of the game. You're kind of getting you're getting different kind of possessions than what the corner forwards get. Like you're not getting the full on kick pass into full forward line. You're kind of getting a little bouncy one maybe from, from the half forward line little punch pass but Canavan Dara Canavan seems to pick up all those balls lovely and turns an average pass into a scoring opportunity with his movement and his, his kind of dancing feet you've got McCurry in there who's an absolute leader you can just tell when when he wants the ball they just hand it to him he's he's the boss in there which you need as well and then you have you have Rory thing with Rory is he's green he's not he's not the, the finished product yet obviously he's got a long way to go but he creates chances for himself. So many chances. Jesus, James. He should have scored 4-3 at the weekend. He has a goal chance in 10 seconds. He gets yeah. a goal in two minutes. He loses the head with Dara for not slipping half on the time. half pass when there was a goal on just before half oh, time. Oh, they didn't and talk that night. his final point, 
his final point was a goal chance. He just popped it over the bar because he probably would have gotten trouble for the, the three or four wild shots he had taken earlier yeah. in the game. But they're they're obviously, James, they're obviously allowing him, like the senior players, Duhur and Logan, are obviously allowing him to play off the cuff a little bit, are they? Can you? Well, you think? I think when you're that age, you don't have any experience of where you should be. So you're everywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I remember I played yeah. against, against Donegal in 2012 when they beat us in the quarterfinal. And it was such an experience because it was so new. What I was used to was three full forward line players, three half forward line players, two midfielders, three and three. Donegal did not play anything like that. And it was the first time I'd seen it. And I just found myself picking up different kind of positions kind of naively. No, it it, it can work out, but you don't have any experience of exactly where you should be on the field. So he's still figuring all that out. That's why he needs McCurry and he needs his brother probably to be directing him a bit. But sometimes when you operate kind of sporadically, you don't really know where you're supposed to be. You pick up kind of extra possessions and kind of handier balls and you can make something of them. But if he can tidy up his kicking, he he could he could rack up a big score against Kerry because realistically, Kerry are going to put their best man on, on Dara Canavan, their second best man on McCurry. So he's going to be on Kerry's third choice marker. And if you have a bit of confidence going to Crow Park, I mean, what a stage to perform at. So, so what do you reckon? You reckon Foley on? I'm guessing, but I think that Tom Sullivan's going to be on Canavan. Um, okay. I think that that might be the best matchup for Kerry. Um, again, they're fi- physically they're similar. Um, and I think that McCurry will stay closer to goal from more of a prolonged period. So I think Jason Foley will probably prefer that. So we saw in Fitzgerald Stadium, Dylan Casey start on Aidan O'Shea. Would he possibly be a tenacious enough uh, fit for Rory Canavan, a horse for courses kind of defender, or will they be sticking with, say, Graham O'Sullivan, who's played five or two, or what way do you think that'll go? Yeah, I think they'll they'll stick with what they have. I think it'll be Graham probably picking up Rory. I wouldn't be changing anything or bringing in anyone new for this. It's not it's not worth the risk. These fellas are the real deal. I know Rory's young, and I know he's a lot a lot of improving to do because he was he was brilliant the last day against Donegal, but he could have been. He could have been so much better if he had just a bit more experience. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be risking anything if I was Kerry. Put your full, your best full backline players. Don't be making any changes. Put them on these lads, and you need the protection there from the half backline because one v one. I mean, it's probably not enough against some of these fellas. Like one v one against Derek Anavan, he'll probably beat anyone at the moment. You need that protection from a Morley or from your half backline players. So I think that that's what Kerry will be working on this week, how to stop that full forward line because it's a scary prospect in Crow Park. If you're going in against three awesome full forward line players, there could be there could be goals again. Last time Tyrone beat Kerry, it was goals that cost Kerry. Yeah. I think actually, you know, Tyrone's attack, they, they've unlocked something, they've touched on something. So mm. many of their moves, like you're talking about uh, half forwards positioning themselves on the sideline and instead of the backdoor cut that we're so used to seeing they're taking the backdoor out of it they're actually making the run behind the full forward line and they're actually getting the ball in the run Rory's goal was a perfect or Rory's goal chance was a perfect example of it the, the run that he made he just checked himself and, and cut in mm. off the, the sideline I even think that um, some of that's not that's not rehearsed or prepared that's off I, the cuff I, I, I think with the Canavans it's off the cuff it's for being a natural baller there's just yeah you remember that picture of, of Canavan going around when he was doing the solo and looking up at the same time? Yeah. That's what they have. They have these kind of, these extra skills that a lot of fellas don't have and it separates, you know, a good player from a from a brilliant player. And I think that these fellas have just that extra little bit of something 
that you'd be very worried about. That top of the D role, did you play that much or were you more mostly the No, the I was always an in, inside job. Um, I preferred inside yeah. because that, that top of the D, you can be caught between your full forward and your centre forward. So you're operating mm. in a half position with not as much space, but it depends on what your centre forward does. And I know that yeah. Tyrone don't yeah. really operate a half forward line as much as other teams. It's more that the three inside fellas and everyone else is working and working hard to bring the ball up and tackle and work work yeah. ferociously hard to, to win possession and let it in. And if they can get a score, brilliant. But realistically, the, the half forward line they, they lined out with the last day was Myler, McGeary and Donnelly. So I fully expect Myler to go back on Paddy Clifford which leaves a space mm. in that half-forward line. Whether they'll fill it or not, they might go more defensive, put someone else in front of Clifford. In front of David Clifford, I think that's probably what they're going to do. And they'll play with f- probably four forwards, but leave the three up. And do you remember the yeah. old-school Tyrone teams? They always had that. They had Mulligan, they had Canavan, they had Stephen O'Neill. And when they broke, yeah. they had targets. Sometimes when you yeah. see defensive teams, they're all getting back, but they don't have any confidence in their targets. These fellas, I would be kicking the ball to them as much as I could. Because they're lethal. Same with the old school Tyrone teams. When Tyrone won that All-Ireland in 2021, they had that X factor. They had that explosion off the bench. They had Conor McKenna delivering 2-1 and setting up a goal. Uh, Dara coming off the bench, McShane. So, mm-hmm. like, Tyrone won't be afraid of doing that in Crow Park. So that's going to be so... so no, the thing is, Tommy, uh, they're very poor off the bench at the moment. They don't... Like, they Tyrone. had... Okay. They made two subs um, against Donegal and then they made one in the 72nd minute to kill 30 seconds. But... When they won the All-Ireland, they had a lot of options. I think whatever they True. come out with against Kerry, they're going to have to stick with for the 70 because okay. they don't have a lot of options. No, Kerry don't either. It's two kind of, it's two weak benches at the moment from what we're used to mm. from both those sides. So I think that there's not going to be that many changes during the game. It'll be a case of, lads, figure this out. You know, you've got, you've got your half an hour now to figure this out and we'll, we'll regroup again at half time because there's not enough changes available on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're going to mention this on Thursday on the preview pod, but I think midfield is going to be an interesting area too because Kennedy and Kilpatrick are in imperious form. And we saw how Mayo got the better of that Kerry midfield in Fitzgerald Stadium. So has that form turned around in the last couple of weeks? I'll put that to you on Thursday. It has. It has. Now, look, when you're kind of in in the middle of championship, there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people talking. Kerry midfield has Mm. been getting a bit of stick, maybe in the media and around, around Kerry. They're up against it and they're probably coming up against one of the best partnerships. We said Tyrone might have the best full forward line. They probably have the best midfield as well in Kennedy and Kilpatrick. Two I'd agree, yeah. athletic, excellent defensive players coming up, getting scores, winning balls on the edge of the square when they leave them in long. Like these fellas have a bit of everything. Um, and Kerry have been criticising midfield. We don't know what the partnership will be just yet. It'll be Jack Barry and it'll probably be one of Dermot O'Connor, Adrian Spillane. The, with the other one probably going to wing forward depends how Jack wants to sit up there but they're the two areas that Tyrone are very very strong full forward line midfield the only area that I think that Tyrone might be caught in especially against the Kerry is in their out and out man markers they'll okay. need to work hard out the field because they don't have they don't have the marquee well, markers I think to keep to keep everyone quiet well what they did the last time in 2021 was McKernan, McNamee and Hamsey 
Did they kick four or five points between them from play? Put them on the back foot. I know David Clifford had an all all time performance that day. Again, like he kicked nine points, yeah. but was it nine or something like that? So yeah, I'm not sure what Toronto do. Will they have a similar approach to that? The last they time? probably be will very, because very that's one of their things. They do bomb on, and they 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 love mm. putting the trigger at that full back line. They love having a shot. Yeah. Um, and we are McKernan. McKernan scored a great point at the weekend, but there's a great clip. The the Tyrone. Uh, PRO he puts these clips up on Instagram whatever camera angle he's getting is unbelievable I'll share it on to you later there's a great uh, angle of Derek Hannavan's point along the sideline when he bounces it twice but there's a super angle of McKernan throwing an outside of a boot at a shot but Dara in the background losing it with him to slip it to Dara because he's in such mm. good form McCor- McKernan scores it and just jogs away So yeah he likes the outside yeah. of the boot one but you need those scores from around the field oh, I always say the half yeah. forward line needs to chip in but Tyrone don't operate an out and out half forward line so it has to be from everywhere else and the last day, mm. Kendi got in for, he got in for a point, but he missed, he missed another one or two. Kilpatrick got in for one again, caused havoc a couple of times, and they got it. They got two points in the full back line, so they're going to need all them. Yeah. They're going to need all them. Definitely. Oh, why did they Definitely. take so, um, kind of an off after the hour? Actually, why did they take there? Was it to rest him? The game I, was still in. The, it was in the game. game there was six in it. I'm not sure. There were six yeah. points in it. I think the game. I think the, it felt like the game was done though watching it like it did feel like the game was it done did, it, it did it did to be fair but if, if yeah. yeah I just I wouldn't it's an interesting I wouldn't one. risk I, anything I didn't think about that you know you just never know yeah. what's going to happen in this championship they could have been out against Westmead <laughs> if Heston slotted over so I wouldn't be taking anything for oh, granted oh god yeah yeah no so true um, so that's Kerry Tyrone uh, Armand Monaghan we're going to touch on deeper on Thursday both of those games are on GA go a lot of people complain and can't believe that they're the All Ireland quarterfinals aren't televised, but like Sky Sports had quarterfinals mm. up to this year, like so. Um, it's not a new thing that there's quarterfinals behind a paywall. Um, the one thing I would have sympathy with, and it's 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 the one only thing really in terms of this would be older people and how they can struggle to get um, games behind the like GA go up on uh, their TVs and stuff like that. Like so, that that's obviously an issue, but like I don't think. Complaints about games being behind paywalls is a new thing. Like no, that's, it's Sky Sports have had games quarterfinals for the last te- for the last decade since the the previous rights deal. So it's not a new thing. Those two games are going to be on Diego this weekend, and then on Sunday we have Derry Cork and Dublin Mayo. Before we move on from um, Dublin Mayo, you're a man who would have played games. So John Kelly obviously wasn't fully fit at the weekend. I was speaking to James Horn mm-hmm. about this. He said he often played Killian O'Connor, and he he reckons Killian O'Connor won man of the match in a game in Crow Park once when, when James reckons he was at 30 or 40% mm-hmm. of his capacity but because of the leadership that he brings to the table from AO because of the tone that he can set in a full forward line with his tackling and his, his tenaciousness he was, a, he was a standard setter and a tone setter in that Mayo team he lifted everybody around him and he was saying that Sean Kelly would do the same for Galway could you see the argument in playing a fellow like that who, who, who isn't fully fit but can bring so much of it 100% like his presence 100% yeah uh, and it, it does depend on the injury if it's a muscular injury, a hamstring or a calf or a groin, you're realistically, good. you're no good to anyone. And I know they say, look, his presence around the place is leadership. But when that player knows himself that he's operating at half pace, it's very hard to be that leader. Now, Sean Kelly, in fairness, I mean, he had an ankle injury. I think you can kind of get by on the ankle. You can do the injection. You can strap it up. You can kind of grit your teeth a bit. And he did an unbelievable effort to try and to try and Spurs team on the last day if if you have a strong enough bench you can maybe start someone else and bring him on and get that lift I think maybe a stronger panel would have done that yeah. they'd have left maybe Kelly off 
and they'd have said, they've, come, they've in so many, so yeah, come in with yeah, 20 minutes to go. Yeah, but come in with 20 minutes to go. And imagine then the, the reaction yeah. from the crowd and the away game. It's like, right, here we go. No, let's 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 finish this job. But I mean, he he'd have wanted to play. He's captain of the team. He's such a leader. He's probably one. He's definitely one of the top five players in the country. To line up line up without him would have been yeah. very difficult for them. So, no, kudos well, to him for for giving the effort he did. Well, Galway came out first uh, for the second half the last day and all eyes were on the left side where you could see that Damien Comer clearly hadn't walked out and Ian Burke was there before the sub was announced. But when you look down the far end of the pitch, Sean Kelly had the rest of his defenders in a huddle together and he was giving them one last rousing speech. What was telling was how small and how young the full back line was. Johnny McGrath had an unbelievable first half. I'm really, I really like Johnny yeah. McGrath. He's a really, really good defender. An unbelievable first half from Ryan O'Donoghue. He's tiny. Jack Lynn was on Tommy Conroy. Tommy Conroy gave him a tough day. Small man. Sean Fitzgerald as well. Like, the Galway defence are actually so light in terms of the injuries they've had this year. They couldn't, they couldn't live without Sean Kelly. Yeah. Again, uh, James Horan referenced the, uh, Brian O'Driscoll's book when we were talking yesterday and how Brian wrote in his autobiography that there's so few games of sport that you can play injury free mm. that you're not you're not carrying some sort of a knock or a niggle you're a fella who would have played many inter-county games I'm sure with a strap in here or a strap in there mm-hmm. would you ever have strapped the opposite shoulder or the opposite knee nah. in case an opposition player was to target you nah I hated strapping and I had, I had shoulder problems and in fairness our physios used to give me so much time and effort and there was times I was strapping both ankles, both shoulders. I, I'd say I was I was like a mummy going out onto the field. It was just pain in the arse. But um, I agree that there are a lot of times, especially in the high-level championship matches, you're never 100% fit. You're Like, you have to come to terms with that. You're going to be playing with some sort of a of a pain or a knock or a niggle. Mm. And it's all about what you do with that in your head. If, if you're doubting yourself, you're screwed from the start. But if you can just park it and say, right, this is my thing for today. I just have a bit of a pain there. Adrenaline gets you through so much. That buzz, especially in Crow Park, when you go out, you might do a parade. Any pain in your body is gone by the end of that parade. It's just tension and testosterone and it's just veins. everything. Adrenaline, yeah. everything's just going through you. And you, you'll get over a lot of things. The only thing is, if it's a muscle and if it's a calf or a, or a hamstring, there's usually nothing really you can do because any explosion of pace and you're, you're only making it worse. You didn't really pick up my hint there of strapping the opposite ankle or the opposite shoulder. There was obviously that incident that was highlighted on the Sunday game last night just before the start of the second half where Johnny McGrath, Sean Kelly, Enda Hessian, Ryan O'Donoghue are all in a little bit of a a mixer and uh, there's been accusations thrown at Ryan O'Donoghue that he targeted Sean Kelly's ankle. You can't fully see it in the footage but there's a photo by Seb Daly a sports file where you can certainly see O'Donoghue's foot making connection with Mm. Sean Kelly's ankle. Have you ever been targeted um, you know have you ever felt that have you ever felt like someone knew that you were hurt and they were going for that particular shoulder or going for that knee or anything like that well I mean it does it happen d- James, it right? does but it's your it's your you're the one who's going out onto the field like it's not like you say hang on no don't be at me because I have a sore shoulder there Leave, give it to me soft here today like if anything they're going to they're going to target the, the area 100% every time I went in for a handshake with the shoulder it was a case of how's the shoulder and then they give you a good belt into it. But like you needed that. And really? if you couldn't take that, if you couldn't take a belt in the handshake, you definitely couldn't get through the game with it. But I suppose you operate, you learn how to kind of protect yourself and mind yourself as it goes on. But was Did you get that at every the start of every game? In 15, oh, 16? Yeah. Def- every single game, 
And a little, if you're, if you you might be running away and you don't see anyone, they give you a little bang into the into the back of your shoulder. How's that? How's that now? Do you know, it's just why are you putting on an order? <laughs> it was mostly the northerners, to be fair. But uh, it was no, that's all part of it. That's all part of it. And if you don't yeah. have that, I don't. Okay. If, if you didn't get a bit of a clip when you're injured, you'd almost be insulted. You'd be like, these fellas don't take anything of me. So you're not reading too much into the what happened there between O'Donoghue and and Kelly. I'm not. I'm not. I think it was. I don't think there was much in it. I mean, he did, look. He throws a little bit of a kick out on his leg. I, I don't think there's much in it. And okay. If you're saying he was targeting Sean Kelly's injury, I I don't I I just don't I don't see the I wouldn't be feeling sorry for Sean Kelly in that situation. You know he's well able to mind himself. He's the one going out onto the field. Sure enough, he he'll probably he probably got his own back on running after that in some other way. He's well able to look after himself, a top player like that. So I I I personally don't think there was anything in it, even though he did show him a little bit of a, a kick in the leg, but very minor, very yeah, you minor. Can see it. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's just, just linger on that Mayo performance for a second then. Like, you mentioned it earlier on with Paddy, the auction they got from the turnovers. There was just two remarkable moments and, and James Horn was raving about Jim O'Connor all game. And do you know when you're sitting beside somebody and they, they pick up certain traits of what's mm-hmm. happening? Like, he was just he was just highlighting everything O'Connor was doing, some kind of hidden stuff that you might notice. You could be looking somewhere else and he'd be like, look what O'Connor's doing, look what Jeremy's doing. And, like, we'd been talking about O'Connor's form coming into it and, and where he's at, but, like, there was just two turnovers that started the second half. One of them, I can't remember if it's on Cook or Conroy, but he makes a turnover on his own 30-yard line. Yeah. And he, he ends up winning yeah. the free for Reiner Dunhill to convert on the opposite 21. And then a couple of minutes later, it looked 50-50 from the stand in our ankle. But Jordan Flynn makes an unbelievable tackle on Ian Burke, where he intercepts yeah. the ball. Tommy Conroy takes off, and as he fists it over the bar, he gets absolutely mm-hmm. opened by Cahill Sweeney. Do you know, that was a, a little daunt as well. That, they're, they're always, you're always... That was worth the yellow card nearly for that little... Yeah, you, you can tell, like, that was... that was you, You'll take that yellow card. So, those scores, are, are Dublin going to give them the opportunity to do that in Crow Park? Can you stop Mayo doing that? The way, stage, the way to play Mayo. The way to play Mayo, and this is so much harder to do than say. You need to keep the game as structured as possible. You need to keep your players in their positions, get bodies back, and don't leave counterattack space. The more messy the game gets, the better Mayo get. The louder the crowd get, and the more pressure you're under. And they get so behind their team the Mayo crowd and it becomes such an energy the only way to stop that from happening is to play cute maybe when Mayo get a little bit run on you there might be a scuffle there might be an injury there might be some sort of a fight or break and play and you get set up again because if you start getting out of position you get more tired you give them more space and they are so good when it's messy like Tommy Conroy and these fellas they will open you up when it's messy but it's a lot harder to operate like that when it's structured and you have your, your bodies in the right defensive places. Who would you be starting for Mayo next weekend? Like, like McStay made four fairly radical switches. Um, Doherty came in. Kevin McLaughlin came in. Um, Tommy Connery came in. And why have I just forgotten the fourth I've written down here? Oh yeah, Paul Gahara was obviously injured so there was a defensive switch made there as well. So, like, what, what would you be doing? Would you be changing it now? Is it horses for courses when you're at this stage? Like, are they going to be changing the play Dublin? Are they going to be mixing it up? Is Matty Ruan getting a recall? Is Conor Loftus coming back in? Like, it was too late. Like, Galway didn't know what to do with Kevin McLaughlin. Like, 
It was like Kevin McLaughlin could have scored four points if he yeah. had four in that it first was, half. It was strange, but I mean, fair play to McStay. Owen McLaughlin was the four. Yeah. yeah. Now, Owen McLaughlin is a brilliant player. Like, he, he's in their, their top 15. The surprising one for me was Ruan because we were at the game, Tommy Down and Killarney, and Ruan was outstanding mm. against Kerry. And you'd have thought, even if he did play a bad game after that, that he'd nearly earned enough credit to keep his place come the big game against against Galway, but McStay was rootless and he he dropped him. But it, I mean, it moved Cone into midfield, probably gave them a bit more defensive stability. But you'd be thinking that against Dublin, if you're short on scores there, Ruan is one man to come up with two or three points and play when he's on it. So he's the one that I think that maybe might be able to get the start. The other one is Carr. I mean, we've said before he's mercurial at the at times. But again, he's someone who can really cause that Dublin full backline problems because when I look at Dublin and we say structure, they do not have the markers. I mean, Aidan Shea is going to cause them the world of pain. I, I can see it now. Aidan Shea is going to have a good game against Dublin. Ryan O'Donnell, who we know is quality. We know Conroy's quality. Carr is the one. If they can get 20, 25 minutes into Carr, maybe off the bench, I think there's scores in him. Him coming on onto maybe a tired full backline player who'd struggle with him fresh. I think that he can he he can be the one to maybe get the scores at the end of the game to kick him on. Then of course you've Killian O'Connor. I mean, when you think about it, Mayo have so many options. They've actually McStay yeah. has done a great job <laughs> in actually developing this panel into into a strong squad. Did, did you hear my chat with McStay after? I the didn't know. I put it to him. I was like, "Can you just explain the story with Killian O'Connor?" Because we had a chat in the pod about whether you would have rather to have him for five minutes last week, but you sent him away to play the club game. And he said. It wasn't a medical decision. It was a football decision. And Killian's around long enough. So we had an honest conversation about what we needed, what he needed, and what was best for Mayo football. He said, and he admitted, it looks like a great call in hindsight because it's worked out. But like, he scored 2-6 last week. He was like, can you imagine how he's feeling after scoring 2-6 for Ballantubber? And he comes on against Galway in the 44th minute. Like, if he had enough time for 44 minutes, like 30 minutes against Galway, he had enough time for 10 minutes against Cork. He kicks his first point with, off his left foot, mm-hmm. first touch. Um, Does he take that on you know, though so if he doesn't get the 2 6 the week before? That's, that's that the is the thing. And yeah. I used to actually have, I, I was coming back from a lot of knocks and niggles, a lot of injuries, and I used to always think I'd way rather play that club game than maybe the AVB game in training or the training match. Because Did you ever win that argument? No, I didn't really. Um, so a lot of managers have different ideas on it. And the, the kind of argument is, well, it's different because Killian O'Connor would have got maybe five minutes against Cork that would have been no good to him in terms of his comeback but say if there's just if it's the old system and there was a training block the managers are going to say that it's a higher standard inside in training than it is in a club match so you're going to get you're going to get more of a boost from training with the best players in the county than you are from going away and playing a club match but Mm. the thing is that when you're coming back from from an injury it's everything about the game that you need to get sharp it's you know, going in and maybe getting your strapping or getting your your diet right, getting the, the nerves out of your system, doing the warm-up, seeing all the colours and the f- supporters and all that, that's all part of your of coming back. It's not just about your skills. So I think that that 2-6 that Killian O'Connor got last week, 100% spurred him on to take that shot on with the left. And it was an unbelievable score. Unbelievable yeah. score. It was their last score until James Carr's point in the 72nd minute to put them two ahead. 
That was uh, 16 minutes without a score. Yeah, he set up one then for... Um, oh, am I wrong He set that? up one... He just slipped it off to Durkin, who t- tapped it over. Well, I mean, he was, he was yeah, in the game. Right. I mean, he, he right. wanted the ball. He was showing well, he leadership. Was. He was in the match. Um, yeah. So, in fairness to Mayo, they have developed that good panel. It, it, we say, look, it depends on who you start with. Just go for your strongest and then maybe leave Karen reserve and he'll, he'll kick some scores at the end. But Sorry, I was completely wrong with the Killian Connor point. There's like four points after it. I was complete. That was in the 45th minute. Yeah. Just 60 seconds after he came on. So. He set up a yeah. few after that. He definitely did, yeah. The Tommy Connor point was the last point uh, Mayo got in the 57th minute. That turnover point after Flynn's turnover till the 72nd. Um, it was mad. Like, the wind had such a bearing on that game. It was it was crazy, that game. Like, the skill level wasn't unbelievable. It was just a frantic do-or-die championship clash. Didn't matter how you won it, just getting the job done. So, it's just... I don't know. Amos Morris has written a column this week without knowing the draw, saying, is momentum or fatigue going to be the big factor for the counties who played at the weekend going into the weekend Cohen no one like, knows how, how do you see it going what do you reckon nobody knows to be fair to Mayo yeah. once they lost in Connacht they had a break and they had a long break and they came back and beat Kerry after it so they've already had their training block or their rest however they want to spin it they can spin that to the players as we're fresh they could play every week from now and when you think about it it's three games from here on that's it three matches for everything three matches to make your career just go on and win three games and to be fair if Mayo are to get over Dublin they're going to fear nobody they'll have beaten Galway they'll have beaten Dublin that's probably two of the top three or four I mean they're going to fancy their chances but I don't know it's it's, it's so hard to call the games we'll call it Thursday we'll uh, we'll call it Thursday and we'll put our necks on the chopping block um Let's just move on to Monaghan here. Like, like Conor McCarthy is having just an unbelievable season ever since he was freed up and moved back mm. to wing back. Scored a great goal. The winning point. I saw you raise your eyebrows earlier. You didn't think that it was an overcarry for the mark. Like, I think that sometimes a player can dummy the mark if they know that it's not going to be given. They can pretend and get the defender to switch off. He stood for about five seconds waiting for that mark. Yeah. It, it, a lot of people weren't happy with Jerome Henry in this game as well. Yeah. The Mayo referee. No, he was he was he wasn't great to be fair, and I know they were giving all the butter a lot in the commentary. But what I would say is that mark has to go. Yeah, the short, the, the short, the short video. One. Nobody, no, wants nobody, that. nobody, nobody wants, wants it, and it's not even. It's it doesn't contribute to the play. The only marks we want to see really are Feely's one for Kildare into the corner yeah. where he has to where he has to swing over a difficult a difficult play. And in fairness, Tierney caught a lovely one in the Galway-Mayo game as well in front of the goals. But we don't want to be seeing those short ones. And I, it should actually be a free out if you if you call the mark incorrectly because the referee blows the whistle. It's fair. The ref yeah, blows right, the yeah. whistle to say, right, you, you can now mark it if you want. Well, no, you've you got to put your hand up. Yeah, but he blows the whistle, right. then you put First, up your hand. Okay, okay, all right. And then he blows it really again, know. I'd say. Okay. There's a lot of... It, there's a lot of there's a lot of flapping around with that mark. I I would get rid of it. But on Conor McCarthy, yeah. it's amazing how I would have said an out and out forward, a cross between a 13 and a 10, but never a 7. For him to actually make that number 7 position his own, I mean, fair play to him. To, to move from the forwards into the backs and become part of that system defensively and attacking-wise is, is, is very impressive. And himself and Carl O'Connell are arguably two of their most important players 
attacking players, even though they have the McCarron and the McManuses and all these fellas, that the the actual scores they give Monaghan are crucial to them. Yeah. Their spread of scores has been, yeah, there's a, there's a serious amount of scores across the pitch for, for Monaghan in particular. Calder will be second. Glenn Ryan, again after the game, uh, was not happy with Jerome Henry. Our job is to try and prepare the team and get them out in the pitch for the lads to try and do the best that they can. It's other people's jobs to make sure they get the decisions right as to who officiates these games. Funny enough, someone said to me this week that this man is out of his depth and he proved tonight that he was out of his depth. I can't understand in a big game like that when you have a top-class official like David Goff doing the line and he was equally scratching his head on the line with me on occasions. So he threw Goff under the bus <laughs> with that one. Uh, but we had opportunities to win this game. We didn't take them. Our lads battled and worked hard and that's all you can ask them. I thought it was quite telling that Jerome Henry blew the full-time whistle. He waited until he was as close to the tunnel as possible. I think the referees know sometimes when they've got to get out of there as quick as they can. Yeah. Pretty scary. It's a pretty scary thing as well because it can go so hairy. Like I thought they might give, I thought he might give Kildare another chance just to get down the field. Um, yeah. But then again, teams are hand-passing the ball around the 45 for so long. It's like a minute or two minutes in attack at the moment. So they probably wouldn't have got a shot off anyway, even if they did, you, even if they did give him another chance. Were, were you happy or Common got caught for... Holding on, holding on to the ball and trying to play it like you hate that type of football do you? I know there's a place for it and I know it is important and I've been on teams where we've practiced it and it's come off and I've been on teams where we've practiced it and it hasn't come off but I know that referees are not going to give you the benefit of the doubt if you're hand passing the ball around and the crowd is moaning and everyone's shouting at, at the ref he's overcarrying whatever he's going to he's going to do you for it and not mm. that I was happy that he was done but he deserved to be done for overcarrying because there was indecision in his mind. He did take a few too many steps. I know he sold it and then he dropped it, but... I don't know. I don't think it was a foul. <sighs> I think the referee's too far away. He's 40 yards away. Like, he's inside the 45. But he's... It looks so awkward. And he's fumbled it. And he's dropped it. It wasn't a hop. He kind of drops it, picks yeah. it back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame the ref for giving that decision, to be fair. But, of course, okay. you're going to be disappointed if you're on the receiving end of it, but... Can I get your rapid-fire report card on the four losers? So I only want a, a couple of lines on each, right? How will Roscommon feel about their 2023? They finished third in Division 1. They knocked Mayo out of Connacht. They lost to Galway. They drew with Dublin. They finished third in the round-robin group. And they get knocked out by Cork in the All-Ireland Premier League quarter I'm going to have the same answer for all these teams. Everything Go means nothing. No. Roscommon would have had their eyes on the biggest prize. Because they had they had a bit of momentum. They had they had some some people in the media saying they were they were coming, they had a chance. They were even saying it in interviews. They full on believed they were going somewhere this year. To not even make a quarter final is a very disappointing year. And nothing else matters, only the one you lose in. I remember I've been in I've been in meetings with Kerry where we've had like a, a, a season review and even a player review. And you could have had a great year up until an All-Ireland semi-final and you play poorly or maybe, you, maybe you're dropped or something doesn't go your way and you lose. Nothing else matters in your head at that stage. All you can think of for the next four or five months is your poor performance and your elimination. That's all you think of. No Roscommon player is going to be thinking about how they got that point off Dublin in the group stage. Trust me. That is done and dusted. They're out of the competition and they are depressed. And that's all they're going to be thinking of, that defeat to Cork. That's their year. That minute when they're, they're done for overcarrying and they don't defend the, 
the chance that's their year and that's the way they're all going to be feeling every team that's gone out is going to be thinking like that so you've Kildare in the same boat yeah you have Galway in the same boat 100% and what about Donegal do you reckon they're just happy now to be finished in 2023 Aidan Rourke stepped down after the game as manager by the way Donegal's a funny one because in fairness they did they did come back around and they played they played okay against Tyrone you know, I was actually impressed mm. with how, how they stuck it out and they missed some chances they probably should have got and it could have been a closer game. Donegal maybe is the one exception where they were... It's different. Yeah, different. they were kind of up against it. They had to really dig deep to raise any gallop in that season and they did. Yeah. And they really did. Yeah. And they, they showed great heart and great team morale and they showed support to each other, to the management, to the, to the supporters. But at the end of the day, they're out before the quarterfinal. I would say that for most teams, a quarterfinal is the minimum requirement. Especially now when the All-Ireland is 16 teams. Yeah. You have to make it into the last day. But look, yeah. that, that last day of the groups okay. told a lot, did a lot of damage to teams. It really did. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it the last couple of weeks. So, um, Derry Cork, I think we'll go a bit more in depth on that on Thursday. Uh, just a word on what John Cleary said about Brian Hurley after the game. He's not sure if he'll be available for the quarterfinal. Hamstring injury forced him out of the Mayo game. He'll be there. Uh, we'll see how he goes this week. We thought last week he, and he might be okay, but it was obvious on Thursday night that he was only at 50%. The Cork bench also kicked 1-3 this week, so they're still getting their firepower off the bench, even when Stephen Sherlock started. I so bet you, you reckon Hurley will be there. will play a part. This is this Will he is start the, early in Sherlock? No, I don't. I, he mightn't start him. If he's saying he's only fifty percent, he probably won't start him. But there is okay. no doubt. Okay. This is this is no three for Cork. It's a final. If they get on, if they go through, it's another final. You know, they, they, it's all on the line. now. there's no point in saving Hurley for a semi final because there's going to be no semi final coming. They have to risk him. And if his hamstring goes, yeah. I know he's had hamstring injuries in the past, and it's a hard kind of mental place to be if you think your hamstring is going to go, but. He can stand there and, and loop and kick points. He doesn't have to have a full mm-hmm. hamstring to play 10 or 15 minutes at the end of that game. And they need him. They're not beating Derry without Hurley. And come here, you know the way um, a lot of teams this year have performance coaches like Jason Sherlock. Like they're all very different. Like Jason Sherlock is in with Westmead. Uh, Kieran Donahue was in to go with Hurlers for a yeah. while, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, like Donald Callahan was in in some sort of capacity with the Waterford Hurlers. And we saw how that went. Are you a performance coach for the Cork Publers? <laughs> Has John Cleary Kevin Walsh been in touch at all? No? I could do the role if it paid well enough you know But would you be allowed back into Kerry if you did so? <laughs> I don't think Cork would be recruiting many Kerry people not to be fair Do you know what speaking of uh, you know secret barter deals maybe you could just keep it quiet anonymise it do it on the slide Do it through Zoom <laughs> A lot of people getting away with it these days uh, Right okay Uh I presume you didn't see the Talchin Cup semi-finals. You would have been watching Galway Mayo. I didn't get to see them either. Um, I, I, I watched back the first half of, of Mead and Antrim. I've got to watch back the second half where Mead were nine points clear. They make a raft of substitutions and Antrim very nearly catch them. Andy McInerney was sickened after the game. I think he felt like that they had it. Um, and then down unleashed, the anomaly of that that result, like 8-16 to two twelve. I think it's fair to say, James, like we have a senior championship and even in the Talchon Cup, there's nearly a divide there. It nearly feels like there's an intermediate championship and a junior <laughs> championship. Like, there is such a gulf in class and even in the resources that some of these counties have. Like, Antrim are a sleeping giant. Mead are obviously um, a team who've won seven All-Ireland titles. They've been away for quite a while. Down as well have had great teams over the years and uh, they've had a quite a 
poor period, but like down back Donegal six or seven weeks ago, mm. like, like that's what Leash are going up against, like. Yeah. So no, I agree, but at the same time, Leash should be very disappointed not to not to come closer to down there. I know that there might be a divide between those two teams, but there's not that much of a divide. Not eight mm. goals worth. I mean, yeah. eight goals. Yeah. You're yeah. almost there's almost a white flag going up there after after four, and they were early. I mean, there was four goals gone yeah, in four, a, inside twenty minutes. Sixteen. 16 minutes yeah. yeah no fair play to Down and Laverty shout out to Laverty because Down were a laughing stock last year I mean th- that that is the way it went in the end I mean they, they all fell out with each other they went offside drinking when they shouldn't have and there were stories of that coming out they had some bad results the Kilkulads weren't playing like there was a lot going on behind the scenes and Laverty has gone in he sorted out the, the club v county road that has been going on in a lot of counties he's got all the Kilkulads back and they're in the Talton Cup final. And I I've, I do expect them to beat me. Sorry, Tommy. But I do expect them to win it. There's no need um, for Which will put them... It'll put them on a team holiday. And it will put them in the Sam Maguire next year. I mean, they're yeah. two phenomenal prizes. For team morale and everything, that is, that is... That's going to bring them on so much. You know, people would have been saying months ago, like, nobody wants to be in the Talton Cup, slipping into the Talton Cup, the language around it. But now, like, Mead have got a lot so far out of the Tatchin Cup they've got a little bit of bounce a little bit of confidence but they will really want to win that Tatchin Cup mm. final like that it's a young team they've brought through a lot of young players their, their kick passing has, has actually with the, the drier sod and the better yeah. weather like you are starting to see a, a nice style of football there there are big questions still I think about the shape defensively and, and the amount of scores that were conceded again at the weekend well, I, th- I think that that and the chances that Down had against them like Down kicked 17 wides in Parnell Park a couple of weeks ago and me bet them by yeah, so. like in fairness to Down, we've kind of associated a defensive system with them and with Laverty and kind of tightening up. But do you remember when we had Paddy Talley on with um, when he did the interview with us and we were saying, mm. Paddy, you're you're a defensive coach, and he was almost insulted. He was saying, I'm not a defensive coach. I'm yeah. I'm a football coach, and I I can 100% train a team to be an attacking prowess as well. I think that Laverty's the same. He got kind of. He got a bit of, not stick, but he got labelled with the defensive coach kind of tag. But he's so much more than that. Anytime, if oh, your yeah. team can score eight goals, you're doing something right in training on a Tuesday and Thursday. And, and they've been threatening it. They've been threatening it quite a bit. Now, I, I don't think, I've watched down quite a bit this year. I've never really got the sense they were like that. So, um, that is going to be a cracking game and we'll, we'll be more looking at that in depth before the Tatchin Cup final on the 15th. So, that's that, James. Anything else from the weekend? I think we're going to bring it to a wrap here. We're, we're going to be back on later in the week for a quick chat. It was just a frantic, mad weekend. Uh, it's great to have it. It's mad weekend, but so much to look forward to now. I mean, that draw could not yeah. have gone any better. <laughs> it's so Even exciting. when I was watching the Mayo-Galway game, I actually had that kind of, that feeling in the in the pit of my stomach that there's so much on the line for these fellas. It's even more so now. Yeah. Dublin Mayo is going to kick off. Tyrone Tyrone Kerry is going to be an unbelievable game. I can't wait for that game. There's going to, there's going to be war in Armagh morning. There will. That will be. Well, Armagh are going to bring serious crowd to that game. They have Reno Neal back. I fancy Armagh in that. I like, think that Armagh have a lot. And all Ireland semi final. God knows what can happen. Just get over this round. Get over the quarter final. And it's there. There's so much to play for. Nah, it's going to be a great weekend. I can't wait for it. This is going to be savage. Yeah, no, can't wait for it either. Uh, I think we'll leave this week's pod, or today's pod at that. And uh, Andrews has been putting big pressure on for a double pod this week. So I think we're going to do a double pod drop on uh, on Thursday. Uh, audio only, I think, this week. We, we'll stick with that for the podcast. So, um, James, great to chat. It's 
great to be where we are in the football it championship thanks Tom yeah, really exciting. thanks to everybody for listening in thanks to Paddy for dropping in from Rome a little earlier on so hope you enjoyed that segment for the part 2 so uh, that's that episode 26 of the football in the books James be good this week I will thanks Tom shake it easy see you man